Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hello and welcome along to this, the seventh episode of the NZ Tech Podcast. How are we guys? Fantastic. Hello. Hello. So tonight we've got myself, Paul Spain, in the studio along with... Bradley Burrows. And I'm back, Nathan Mercer. He got invited back again. So Special boy. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yep, nice to, nice to have you on the show again. Well, we thought with all the um, the Microsoft news in the last few days... That it was well worth getting you back on the on the show with um, yeah to talk through some of the, some of those things that yep. are going on. Lots been happening with Microsoft in the last week. Absolutely. So um, well, let's um, let's have a have a little bit of a look at what we're going to chat through this week. Obviously, uh, we, we mentioned it last week. The Mix event in Las Vegas. There's a lot to talk about that was announced there yep. at Mix. Um, there's been some happenings around Office 365. We've got updates for the Xbox. There's been some a new law passed in New Zealand mm. around internet and um, oh, no interesting and and some stuff there. Um, there's been a bit of a um, an issue impacting Skype. There was a website shut down by the FBI that we'll talk about a little bit later, and some local happenings with Telecom New Zealand. And then towards the end, we'll dive into uh, some apps of the week. So those are really our big topics for this episode seven. It's a busy let's, one. Let's dive in. Mm. Yeah. So the mix event in Las Vegas, there were some pretty big announcements in in a range of areas there. Um, what what did you guys find most interesting? I found, personally, I found all of the Windows Phone 7 Mango updates the most interesting stuff. Do you want to explain what Mango is, Trevor? So Mango is the code name for the next version of Windows Phone 7. And And we don't um, know whether it's going to be called Windows Phone 7.5, Windows Phone 8. Yeah, we don't don't know yet. We're we're currently calling it Windows Phone version next or Windows Phone Mango with inverted commas around it. Um, But yeah, it's it's going to have some sort of name, but... A um, lot of so, so the mix the mix conference is for designers who make applications look cool, and it's for developers who code applications. So this was really the first time that both of those two different audiences got to get a, a look at what's going to be inside Mango. Right. So the, the talk was more from that designer and developer perspective, rather than necessarily talking about all of the things that that us as technology users and sure. and and gadget lovers will will see when those phones come out. Yeah. There wasn't, it, it wasn't a feature one, but it certainly gives a bit of a bit of a taste of mm. of that, right? Yeah. And you know, we ba- Microsoft basically announced that there's going to be fifteen hundred new APIs inside Mango. So, so th- th- those are those are things that developers can use to to make better, richer applications, more graphical, yeah. et cetera, Right? It just means better software. Yeah. So different access to the camera, different access to the gyroscope. Yep. You're going to be able to have um, applications running in the background. So applications like like Spotify for playing music and stuff like that can keep going in the background. Um, you know, all sorts of all sorts of interesting things. Um, fast application switching, so you can switch between different uh, different applications. So the way that's going to work is, you know, today with Phone Seven, you hit back to go to go, you know, back to your start screen or whatever. 
on in Mango, if you hold down the back key, what happens is you basically get a carousel view of all of the applications that, that are running on the device at the time. And that includes, like, for instance, IE on the device it supports six tabs. All of your different tabs appear inside there as well. Yeah, that, that's, it sounds like a really nice implementation. Yep. And it also seems as though they're handling it in a in a way that that thinks about battery life and if we look yep. across the smartphones that are available today some of them are really bad in terms of of battery life yeah and um you know windows phone 7 is what i use you know pretty much most of the time that's my my primary phone platform now but i was sitting around um the table with with some guys using a range of handsets last week and two of them were android users and one of them said to me well how long does your you know your battery last on you know, on Windows Phone 7, he says, oh, you know, could you get through to like 5 p.m.? Um, <laughs> a- and I was just thinking, what? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, well, no, I mean, you know, the, my, my battery lasts me all day. Um, and But I'd said all day, and he said, oh, do you mean till 5 p.m.? And, uh, yeah, so the, the, there are some smart things in the way Windows Phone 7 has already been developed to handle, you know, keep your battery going whilst you're doing so many things. You know, I'm listening to podcasts to and from work. You talk on your phone. You're obviously using your apps and Internet Explorer and so on. So, in fact, um, like podcasts, that's another thing that got announced that's going to be supported on the device. Um, I think only in the U.S., actually, but... Um that There'll that be is, a way to bring them down yeah, directly to yeah, your device. Yeah. Where, but, over the but, ear, but, over but, the ear rather than yeah. tethered through the Zoom client. Yeah, whereas where at the moment, I guess when you look at the way that it works with the Zoom client, it's actually it is extremely nice when compared to you know some of the other platforms. You know, iPhone. You've got to plug. You've got to plug in two iTunes to. Uh, yeah, well, like you say, at the very, at, at least it works when you come, when you come back home and you plug your device into the power on the wall. It'll mm. sense that you've got a Wi-Fi network in your house, and it will start synchronising your device back to your PC. Yeah, that's one thing I find is really useful with the Windows Phone Seven. Is you you know you duck off to work in the morning. You've got this commute. You know you haven't plugged your phone into your computer or anything like that, but you've got all this content that's come down over Wi-Fi, and you've got you know fresh stuff to listen to every day, which is is really nice. So, Brad, you like you were talking about the demo that you saw of IE nine, yeah, that's on my the, big one on the device, and comparing to a couple of different phones. So, yeah. what was what was the deal with that? So, they're going to have IE nine on the uh, Windows Phone seven now. Um, one of the cool things about IE nine is it's going to use the graphics capability of Windows Phone to accelerate it. So they did a really interesting demo where they got up on stage, they had an iPhone 4, they had a Windows Phone 7 device, and they had an Android device. I think it was the Galaxy S. It was. It was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, Galaxy. And they go to a standards website which runs a UI-based test to see how the performances of your phone for doing video and in games and all those type of things that those phones are starting to do now. So it was a, yeah, it's, it's a public site, yeah, the, public IE, site. The, yep. the IE test drive site, yep. and the the test yep. was called the speed speed, speed reading. Speed reading. So yeah. the, it was uh, quite a, quite an interesting test, wasn't it? Yes. The, the the results. I mean, I guess it was predictable because it was a it's a Microsoft event. <laughs> They're not going to show off something that that shows how how bad the phone is but the, yeah. what what were the results so the iPhone 4 did 2 frames a second and took about 3 minutes to render the Android device sat at around about 12 to 14 frames a second I think it was 11 11 sorry and then the Windows phone was 26 frames a second yeah. and I did it in about 3 or 4 seconds to render it but it looked really cool though didn't yeah, it? it it looked really good but what they're trying to show is that the, the new browsers are actually starting to use the hardware capabilities yeah. of the phones 
and and so yeah, you, you like you say, you're using the you're using the GPU and the um, and the machine. The um the thing that I thought was quite cool was that the iPhone actually got a head start because the guy on stage has only got you know two hands and he can't hit all three devices start at once and yeah. so the iPhone actually started a couple of seconds beforehand and it was still the worst. Yeah, he was being a bit cocky there, but yeah, yeah, was, it was yeah. good. It was good. Look, what they you know what they're trying to show is that they're starting to utilize the power of the hardware now, um, and that what that's going to be for people using the phones will be applications are going to start being a lot more richer in the the UI and for doing video now we we don't just use phones to make calls we use them as portable media players so yeah. that's good no that's good well, what, what I, I guess what I liked about it is that we're we're seeing Windows Phone which doesn't have a huge presence in the market right now it's a it's a new product there's not a big market share but we're seeing that Microsoft really is committed to delivering the capabilities that it needs to be a major player there's obviously been some market research things in the last um, you know two or three weeks where some of the big um, oh, yeah, IDC you know, and partners like yep. IDC and Gartner are, are saying, well, we, we see Windows Phone as um, you know outpacing the iPhone going forward in sales, which is, a, you know, I'm not sure what, what will actually happen, but it's certainly interesting yep. predictions. And, and I guess it it's, um, you yeah. know, gives us some picture that the, the market is changing and you Windows do, Phone is going, to be a, is going to be a reasonably major player over time. You do kind of wonder how those analysts can predict what's going to happen in three or four years' time. It's but, the Nokia. Uh, it's the Nokia factor. Well, I think, and, and because six, mu- right. six months yeah, ago, their story was completely different. So, you know, any factor can come in and they say, oh, because of that, we're going to, we're going to change it. Um, so no, nobody really knows exactly where, where, where it's going. Um, I had a call from um, from someone this week who who uh, runs the IT for a business of a uh, hundred or, or or so staff, um, and he was telling me about you know the mix of technology that his staff have for mobile email and so on, and at the moment it's a mix of BlackBerry and I think some uh, Sony Ericsson devices that are that are using the Active Microsoft Active Sync protocol, um, and you know he was very very keen to move in the Windows Phone 7 direction as he sees it being appropriate for uh, for that business use. So if Microsoft can nail this, um, you know, nail things with a device that does all the fun consumer stuff in terms of music, Xbox and so on, and really wins some market Custom ringtones. Well, Custom ringtones. It's coming. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. <laughs> <laughs> Get those things sorted and nail the business stuff, then... You know, I think that there is definitely a good opportunity for for Windows Phone. Yeah. I think the to, other big uh, thing to do well longer term. I think the other bit, other thing also is the price point. You know, they, with hopefully the Mango release, they're going to be called um, releasing it on cheaper styled phones. The what's called Chassis Two phones, yeah, and which will allow the phones to be more competitive against Android based devices, which are in that four to five hundred dollar range. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, the current Windows Phone Seven is competing against your your, your iPhone ranges and some of the more expensive. Android devices. Yeah, I mean, it's still. I think it's still good bang for buck when you put it next to the top Android and the top uh, or or any of the Apple devices. Um, it actually sits very mm. well there in, in terms of pricing. So there was one cool demo at, on Mango with the Mix conference that I really liked, and it was a it was a Qantas application. Oh, that looked cool. And um, basically, what it was was they they were doing uh, much deeper integration with the live tiles. And so one of the new features in the in Mango is the way it does can do geolocation with the with the phone oh, so this is cool yeah so the Qantas app it basically d- detects the fact that it knows that you're in Las Vegas it knows that your flight is in an hour's time it knows physically where you are it knows that you're not going to be able to get to the flight on time and the application basically prompts you and um, 
runs you through the Qantas site, tells you to rebook. Um, but a couple of the other things, cool things it does is it also integrates with the alarm on the phone. So that's, that's, that's built in. That live tile integration where it goes from green that you're okay to suddenly red that you're late for your flight. Yeah, you're not going to make it. Do you want yeah. to do something about yeah, it? Yeah. Do you want to reschedule, go to a taxi and stuff? So. Yeah, there's def- I think there's some cool stuff coming there. And they also and, uh, demoed Skype, didn't they? That's, yep. that's, coming, down, that's coming down the wire yep. um, so that's, later on the you know, When we talked about those 1,500 new APIs, it's, you've got basically full TCP IP access. So you know, we should start to see a whole lot of the different applications that you know, people, developers can't write today. Like, for example, they can't write Wi-Fi hotspot, um, you know, and, and in theory, in Mango, with all those APIs, we should start to see applications like that. Yeah, so there have been a, f- a few limitations there, which, you know, I know for, for some has left them thinking, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to um, to jump across to mm-hmm. the platform yet. So May 25th, Angry Birds is coming to Windows Phone 7. There's a lot of happy people in our office wanting be, Angry Birds. There's going to be no work <laughs> happening that day. It's just... It, uh. Um, so for me, the other one that um, was also a big announcement was IE10. Right. That one, that one came out of the blue for me. But I didn't IE9 that. just came out. Yeah, and we're all and Microsoft are already talking about IE10. So That's what's, what's happening? To, what's happening to Microsoft? I mean, we we expect Microsoft to be this big sort of slow moving giant that yeah. you know there's usually a few years between it's had know, releases it's of had Internet Explorer. Um, so there's, they, there's definitely some changes yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, on. with the with the IE9, they they started doing uh, test. They they called them test drive builds, and they're basically developer builds. Yep. So it's just the first platform preview. There's no Chrome. There's no address bar. It's just the core rendering engine. But, it, but it's a good. I think it's a good sign to yeah. see, and it's a sort of a, an acceleration it's in terms the, of yeah. um, browser wars again. Yeah, yeah. here we go. Yeah. That's it. No, it's and, a, um, a good yeah. thing. You know, the thing that they announced at the conference is there's going to be a new platform preview build for developers every eight to twelve weeks. Yeah. Eight to twelve weeks, which is which is going to be good. I mean, what that means is I ten. If you're reading between the lines and look at the release schedule of Windows eight, potentially will be around the same time. Hmm. And they also announced yeah. that I ten is only going to run on. Oh yeah, this w- is a big one. Windows seven and Windows onwards, 7, isn't it? Yeah, Windows seven. So Windows Vista users, if you do exist, you will be on I nine. Um, I ten will be only for Windows seven and Windows eight. Yeah, interesting. Now, we we just mentioned um, Skype coming to Windows Phone 7. Now, Skype's been in the news a little bit this um, in the last few days about a bug, a security bug in their Android version. So is, is it all versions of Android and is it all versions of the Skype app or is it, what's the, what's the picture? My understanding is if you run Skype on Android, then if you get a dodgy app, which we know that malware does uh, does end up landing on yeah. on android then that malware can um you know quite easily get access to your contact information your various other bits and pieces Ooh. that are that are, that's in skype so, so it's quite a nasty one so it's, it's it's not ideal um i've i've run um skype on android myself and they the skype made a point of sending me an email and saying hey we're aware of this be cautious, et cetera, et cetera, and we're working on a new version. So we can expect an update for that that to, to come through soon. So, um, yeah, interesting. I mean, it's another one of those things where it just it, it's a reminder to be to be cautious about, you know, the technologies you're using, the platforms you're using, passwords, yeah, et cetera. It's, it's amazing now if you start to look at all the mobile devices that hackers and, and you know rogue programs they're starting to come more and more prolific and you know when are we going to have antivirus software on phones mm. you know it's going to happen well there are there are actually are antivirus programs in the android marketplace and some of them are actually malware <laughs> <laughs> 
not a, oh, the irony of that one. Not not ideal, is it? No, not ideal. Yeah. Um, I mean, think, uh, talking about security issues as well, um, I, I was chatting to somebody in the last few days who said his Twitter account had been hacked. Ooh. Um, and somebody had, you know, had obviously they they'd run some sort of bot to try and hack into into people's Twitter accounts. And in this case, um, he was using a password that wasn't as secure as it should have been. A1, B2, C3, D4. I say it every week is not a secure password. Neither is password. Yes. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, but but in that case, he, he, he said to me, oh, you know, I was with my girlfriend and um, um, she said, hold on, what's this message that says it's from you? We're sitting next to each other. What's going on? She wow. had a direct message from his account that, that was, you know, cle- clearly some spam. Um, That's dodgy. But, dodgy. but, you know, it just serves as, as a reminder um, to definitely, you know, have those secure passwords, keep them different across your sites and, you know, keep your machines lo- locked down. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. You know there are there are risks around security. So you know I know we 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 uh, we point out one platform or another from time to time where there are specific issues, but the issues apply across could, the board. Could happen to anyone. Abs- right? Absolutely. So um, yeah. Now there. Office 365, maybe, Paul? <laughs> yes, yes. Shall we talk about Office 365? Office 365, well, that was the next thing on the agenda. Thank we'll, you, we'll keep, the, we'll keep that one on the podcast, I think, for this week. You know, the tongue rolling, it was very good. <laughs> so um, so this was something that got announced this time last night, Monday night, about yep. 6 o'clock. Office 365 went into public beta. There was a function down at the Microsoft offices down in Auckland in the Viaduct mm-hmm. to have all the media there and to sort of show it off. Um, what does that actually consist of, Nath? Well, so... Basically, Office 365 is the the newest version of the Business Productivity Online Services Suite, or BPOS, which is a great name. That is a crazy name. Basically, this this is Microsoft's... It's a cloud productivity suite. So it's it's Office that runs in an online context. Sure. It's Exchange Online, SharePoint Online, Link Online, and one of the interesting new things is that you can also purchase Office... Uh, the Office desktop client as part of your Office 365 subscription. Um, and, and one of the cool things about that Office subscription is that you can also run that on up to five devices that you own. So your work PC, your home PC, your netbook. And yep, I don't, don't exactly. know what the other two would be. but so, so the key thing with Office 365 is you get Word and that in the cloud, but you also get the ability to download the full rich client onto your local device as yes. well as so that when you lose your internet connection you've still got office to work locally yes okay so you've you've you, you've got the office web apps which is powerpoint web app OneNote web app excel and word um, and they're, they're great it. they're great apps i you know i've used them and and obviously compared yep. them to um you know google have got their google apps and gmail that that uh, you know has been their sort of you know, free consumer tools that they're also sort of labelling as 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 business products, and there's certainly you know businesses that are using that stuff. But if you put the two side by sure. side, 
they're, fact, they're there was just a, so far apart. There was a great there was a great quote um, going around this morning, and it, and it goes something like, uh, "Office 365 is to Google Apps as Xbox Live is to Pong." It's in a, it's in a different league. And so that was a that was a great quote that was going around uh, on Twitter this morning. Interesting, interesting. Well, we'll see what what reviews come back and what what people uh, what people think of it. But certainly from what I've seen of the Office 365 um, stuff, yeah, I mean it it, it is that, it is a very different. I think um, one one of, of the product. one of the cool things for New Zealand small business users is that today Microsoft only sells their BPOS if you've got more than a five or more users. Yep. And Office 365, you can buy it just for one. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the sort of thing that you might buy from home just to know that all your files are backed up, that you've got a good quality email service that sure. can link into a smartphone. So yep. many people have got. You know, sort of a, a, a extra or something like that type yeah. type email account that doesn't really integrate well with an iPhone or Android or Windows phone. Whatever you've got doesn't it doesn't do that well. You know, if you lose your phone, you're going to lose your contacts and your calendar and all that stuff. So and and like you said, the Office 365 supports all of those, even supports BlackBerry as well. So it basically does all of your all of your smartphones. Actually, that's a good point. We were just talking about before around sort of BlackBerry, and they're actually going to have Office. They're going to be doing a partnership with Microsoft yeah, and Office. Yeah, there is some sort of there is some sort of partnership there with Office and um, and with Office three sixty five. Office three sixty five on the BlackBerry devices, which is good because I mean a, a BlackBerry, especially in the US, is a business phone. Yeah, and it's kind of target market. Yep. Um, yeah. If definitely. you want to try it, where, where is it? Microsoft.co.nz. Office three sixty five. Co.nz, and you can actually sign up for the beta there, um, and away you go. Okay. And so it's launching later this year, yeah. um, but. But yeah, in beta now. Good. Oh, that that's interesting. Um, certainly, be keen keen to hear uh, back from listeners what they think, particularly anybody who's using um, Google Apps. Yeah. Well, and now, and just you know what what they think, and I'm sure you know there'll be preferences in in either either direction. Uh, but yeah, definitely keen to to hear what people's um, um, preferences are, what they what they like and dislike either yeah. way. There'll be yeah. pros. There'll be pros and cons for each one. Somebody's phone is going off. Somebody forgot that was to turn their, me, uh, sorry, their, their that phone That was my down. wife. Uh, Whoopsie. <laughs> All right. Now, um, next on the agenda, we have the shutdown of PokerStars.com by the FBI. <laughs> this is close to your heart, isn't it, Paul? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never used PokerStars.com, but I did use their, um, their associated site, PokerStars.net, um, I haven't done for a long time, but um, effectively these guys had two websites, right? They had PokerStars.net, which is just a fun uh, online poker games, and then alongside that there was PokerStars.com and I think you know some others out there as well that were true gambling sites where you could go and credit card details and, and gamble online. And the big issue is that online gambling is illegal in the States, right? You can't run a business doing that. Um, you did used to be able to, but they shut that down a few years ago. And uh, it seems that uh, these guys have come unstuck, and the FBI have um, have really clamped down on them. Mm. So I, I saw online on Sydney Morning Herald there was a there was a huge article on it saying all these people are pulling out their money, and it was real panic over there. Was it was it quite a large service in this down this part of the world? Do you know? Or I think a pretty large global service. I mean, in terms of the uh, the online poker type 
thing. That's that's certainly the the main side I've heard. I'm, I, mean, I, I, I that, know there are lots and lots of them out there. The fact that they advertise on TV then yeah. means there must there must be a Pretty lot of users, scale, and, they, right? and they must yeah. be making money out of it to I mean, afford to do TV ads in New Zealand. For an, I think they turn over hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's a huge business, okay. absolutely. Mm. So um, yeah, it's not just some little half bit website that are that are. You know, a, a kid launched somewhere. It's a it's a very serious business, mm. and they they've pulled them up on money laundering type um, charges and and so on. So uh, they'd moved the PokerStars dot com out of the states, um, but um, yeah, we're basically pulling the money back in and in uh, inappropriate manners and all sorts. So uh, yeah. yeah, so be careful if you've got uh, if you're doing online gambling and other such things, then. Um, yeah, if it was there, then you might not be able to get your money back if you had a whole lot sitting in your PokerStars.com account. Now, Telecom New Zealand have been in the news this week. Yes, and I actually just thought about something else we could talk about about Telecom in a second too. Yeah. Well, on Sunday, what I noticed on Sunday was there were a bunch of people online saying, hey, we can't get access to certain websites to secure websites internationally and so on so they weren't able to get into certain google services twitter various other things and that was from about 2 p.m onwards till about four no no one claimed a microsoft conspiracy or anything Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm. uh well maybe some of the microsoft stuff was down as well i mean by this by the sounds of it it was a pretty broad uh a broad hit but um yeah it was about two hours worth before uh, before things started coming right by the sounds of it now, what we haven't heard back yet, and I don't know if you guys have heard anything, is is really an explanation from Telecom, and that that's a pretty yeah. Uh, I, pretty from big what impact. I understand, they haven't actually said what the problem was. Um, my what what seemed to happen is that I wonder if it was a problem with their proxy servers and their caching equipment because um, I I'm not I didn't experience the outage myself, but what I heard was that. Uh, sites that you go to using SSL were still working, but sites that didn't use SSL uh, were down. Um, oh, I thought it was actually the other way around. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, you know, even if it was the other way around, that mm. that kind of indicates that it wasn't the international link; that it was actually something in the. Uh, no, and it was only telecom retail subscribers that were hit with the issue. So, yeah. for instance, if you're on Vodafone and other things, but you're you're running over telecoms. You know, ADSL network yeah. and so on, you, were, you so weren't impacted. if you were on Orcon or if you were on Snap, you were still working, right? Mm. Yeah, mm. my Vodafone connection was was fine as far as I'm aware. I mean, I can't remember whether I was actually at home online at that time, but, um, you know, I I didn't come across any issues. So, mm. Yeah. So the the other thing, too, did, I'm not sure if you guys saw, was Telecom sold Yahoo Extra. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes, yeah. Which, they, which is kind of weird because they only bought it a few years ago and yeah. they were going to develop into this giant portal and they've basically given up the ghost and inflicted onto Yahoo. Yeah, well, mm. it was a sort of 50-50 venture, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a JV. Yeah. 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 So they'd initially done something in years prior with MSN yep. and then they moved on to do something with, with Yahoo and now they've just sort of step, stepped out of that picture. Yep. Mm. So I guess that, that's, you know, that, that makes some sense for them to actually focus on their core their core businesses. It sound, sounds like Yahoo's still involved, like hosting their email platform and stuff like that. But mm. apparently, all the all the branding, the it's extra all branding, Yahoo, yeah. all goes away. It's yep. gone away already, has it? Well, yeah, well, well they weren't really using the extra brand anyway. Telecom, you know, ha- yeah, haven't used that for anything else yeah. for some time. So, yeah. I mean, what else could they do? Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, yeah interesting. Yep. And the other bit with telecom was that they've just been uh, been fined today twelve million dollars for yep. uh, twelve million bucks. It's the highest penalty ever dished out under the Commerce Act. Yep. Antitrust. No, anti-competitive, sorry. An- yeah, anti-competitive, anti-competitive action. So, um, so yeah. we're recording this on Tuesday, so if you're just wondering which day it was, yeah, it was Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, so that's a pretty big slap on the hand, isn't it? For so New they, Zealand, yeah. They got, so they got found guilty in October 2009 for stuff they did back in 2001 to 2004. And they call it, they call it data tailing. They were basically charging more than they should have been for their wholesale network. Never. And, they, and the judge basically found that they did it on purpose. They leveraged their market position and power, and they yeah got stung twelve million bucks today. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty major. But they don't seem to maybe agree. I've heard that they're going to be um, challenging that. In court. I haven't heard that. They they do say that they didn't do it on purpose, and there were technical things in the network, which is the reason why it was happening. And mm. um, that's there's certainly been a lot of changes in the organisation since then, haven't there? Yeah. And you know, I think changes in leadership and so on. So those sort of things that were were much more common a few years ago. I, I certainly hope and 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 believe we've probably seen the back of that. Yep. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of debate out there about those things, and, um, you know, time time will tell, but I certainly hope we don't don't see any more of that stuff happening again. Mm. Yeah. On, on telco news, I just remembered something else I'm going to throw in. Um, two degrees. Did you guys see that they grew by 30%? Their market share. Sorry, um, their overall revenue grew by 30%. So good on two degrees for growing that quickly over the last year. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're certainly doing really well, and they're they're now uh, expanding the cities that they've got. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got full three G in, whereas at the moment they obviously you you um, you know they can't have coverage over the whole uh, country themselves at the moment. So you you roam onto Vodafone's network as part of their their agreements. But no, I think they've done great to, to normalise some of the the telco market as well. It's yeah. been really good. To I see. see. And I see today they announced that their all you can eat one forty nine dollar a month plan, which initially was only going to be for ten thousand people, was now is now opened up and available to anyone. So, and that tends to happen, isn't it? You you know somebody yeah. announces some bit yeah. of technology deal, pricing, whatever. Oh, it's a trial. Yeah. They usually keep going, don't they? So, cool. but, that, but love, I mean, that's love that's their TV ads too. They always TV. bring a smile to my face when Restart, they see their TV you ads. Love them. Oh, yeah. fantastic! Yeah, yeah. No, I think they've um, they've done very very well across the board. So no, that's good. Sorry to randomise. And now also Office, sorry, not Office 365, Xbox. Yes. <laughs> My favourite topic at the moment. Tell us what's um, what you're excited about with Xbox at the moment, Brad. Well, two things. Um, we've publicly released the Netflix app, and um, basically what that does is allow you to have um, full control with using your Kinect device to be able to control, scroll through the carousel views of all the DVDs in the Netflix collection and then play them using your hand gestures yes skips waving at me madly looking like that and you can talk to it and you can talk to it as well so now what we're talking about is is what we what we've covered a few weeks ago which you need to have a u.s xbox live account to use this stuff and there's a few few tweaks a few little tweaks to do that so you you don't have to have a u.s xbox live account you have to go into the regional settings of your xbox and set it to the u.s that, that's that's for the speech recognition, sorry. For the speech recognition. But for Netflix app, you need to have a US-based yep. account. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and a US-based IP address. Yes, we, yeah. which we, we discussed in episode <laughs> two, I think it was. I think somewhere somewhere back there. Yeah. We, we, will, back. Um, we will end up putting a bit more up on the nztechpodcast.com website about some of these things as time goes on. Yeah. So we've been we've been pretty busy. Um, the the uh, This particular little podcast that we've launched has Got taken off a little bit uh, quicker than, than <laughs> what we thought. So um, yeah. Yeah, apologies uh, to everyone there, but we're, we're certainly... Uh, we will be working on putting a little bit more content up. Um, also, on that note, with with um, you know hitting the top of the iTunes charts and and getting so many downloads, we've ended up with a few issues, uh, <laughs> technical glitches, shall we say? So, um, apologies if you've tried downloading the podcast and haven't been able to. Um, we are working on that, and obviously, if you're hearing this and you have managed to download it, <laughs> um, but hopefully, you didn't have to try a hundred times to, um, yeah. to to download it. So, definitely worth subscribing in iTunes or Zoom or whatever to make sure that that you get it. The other, the other thing that um, I just thought about before as well is the um, Connect SDK, which allows developers to write connect, um, connect applications for Windows. They also did some demos at Mix using Connect to control um, things for astronomy. So they had um, this gentleman come up on stage and they projected the universe up on on the ceiling and he was able to use his motion, um, hands at like a minority report type scenario, plugged in and he was able to feed it off NASA and zoom through the universe, complete control. Um, he was able to wind back time and pr- sort of show what had happened and it was uh, actually amazing to watch the, you know, using the Kinect devices beyond just a gaming thing as well. So, so that's that's the worldwide, yeah, worldwide telescope um, service. The, the other one that was quite cool was the guy driving around on a lounge chair with uh, with wheels on it controlling it with his hands yeah, yeah that that stuff's definitely cool and, I, and I'm really interested to see what we're actually going to see come out in terms of a product form over yep. the next few years now that this connect technology is becoming mainstream and you can you know yeah. just the, the wave that, your arms around and, and control whatever you like the thing that I think is quite cool is there's obviously a lot of hackers and innovators and stuff out there that are, that are hacking on the connect right now and, and it's cool that Microsoft is actually supporting these guys and writing the SDK from what I understand, with that software developers kit, um, it's actually going to be really, really powerful. It's going to support all of the Kinect features in terms of all of the all of the microphones. Oh, the, the Kinect SDK. It's going to be able to detect two different people in the room at the same time, and there's kind of all the all the people that have hacked stuff together today haven't been able to do all those features. So, because, and, I th- and I think yeah. it's coming out pretty soon. Did we did we talk about the Google April Fools joke that sort of backfired on them last week? No, I don't think we did cover that. Can I, can I quickly cover that one? So last week, um, when April Fools happened, obviously on April the first, um, Google sent out a April Fools joke saying that you can control your Gmail with voice and hand recognition now, and and away you go. What that suddenly the um, research guys got a hold of it, which at, obviously you couldn't, you couldn't do at the time, and it was sort of like <laughs> they thought it'd be really funny, ha ha, because it would be so impossible, yeah, so impossible. Um, yeah. Microsoft research guys got a hold of it within twenty four hours. They'd written a Connect app to be able to do that, and then they demoed demoed it the next day, pretty much, and we're actually controlling their Gmail and doing it with their voice and everything. And um, Google had to pull down their April Fool's joke page to sort of because suddenly the video was up online on YouTube. So oh. yeah, very interesting using Connect and how fast you can actually get it to go through. Interesting, interesting. We, now, we must get some Google guys on the show because I'm sure that they can um, mock Microsoft in one or two ways as well. Which would, would <laughs> they be, can mock Apple as well. It's not just Microsoft. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's good. All right. Now, um, ebook things. Nathan, you had, um, you had a few thoughts. You obviously um, weren't here for last week's show, and we, we were talking about... Uh, you know some of the apps and so on on the iPad and yeah. uh, Kindle. So I, and I so listened on. to the I listened to the episode and I'm I'm a I'm a Kindle user. I've had a Kindle for a, for a while and 
Um, you sound like you went to an AA meeting. I <laughs> there was a Kindle, Kindles Anonymous. Yeah, there was. Um, there's a couple of interesting things happen in the Kindle space, and, and one of them is that Amazon are, are actually producing a cheaper version that is ad supported. Oh, so um, you get a you get a basically get a get a decent discount in exchange for seeing ads on your uh, on the power saver screen and also scrolling along the the bottom of the device now the 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 tidbit that I was talking about and wanted to share is that the Amazon do ship the Kindles to New Zealand you can buy them straight out of the US and get them to New Zealand and if you buy the 3G version which I, you guys are talking about last week it's actually got a webkit based web browser in it now if you if your billing address for Amazon is set to New Zealand they'll they'll ship you the device your web browser can only go to a few web pages, like, for example, Wikipedia. If you get it shipped to New Zealand, but you use a US billing address, which you can probably make up, or 90210 in California <laughs> or whatever, um, the, the, the web browser on the device will work for any website, and you've get, you'll get free internet 3G in about three quarters of the countries around the world. Ooh. And if you go searching on your favorite internet search engine and look look uh, and go for looking for that there's also ways of actually tethering that kindle to a pc to get free 3g internet i have heard of that i think eventually they're going to shut that down if I people think, get too carried away especially after this <laughs> podcast they will <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah i just thought that was an interesting little yeah little well, i do remember that. reading early on when i when i got my one from the states and i don't think at that stage they gave you full web access outside of the states um, this is something that you've uh, you've tried. Yeah, it works yeah, fine. Yeah. They do they do say it's an experimental feature. That's and, right. and to be yeah. perfectly honest, the um, you know it's a it's a it's a WebKit based browser. It's it, a very poor browser, a, isn't it? It's a I basic. Mean, because it's, it's a basic browser. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the cool things is you know you can browse to a page and you can put it into this reading article mode and it basically gets rid of all of the ads and all of the formatting and just makes it look like a look like a nicely formatted page. So it's a it's a great experience. Mm. Um, and as you guys were saying last week, you know, pretty pretty cool with one of those e-readers with the with the three G wireless WAN built in. Yeah, I do remember reading early on when I you know when I heard that you know they're shipping this device that gives you free you know three G access via Vodafone or or whoever. Um, I did. I thought, well, uh, you know, surely people are going to want to pull out the part that does that because that capability, free access to Vodafone yeah. or any other. Yeah. Uh, network has got to be worth a lot more than the price that the Kindle itself is worth. Yeah, and and sure enough, there are a bunch of people online that tell you how to, yeah. uh, you know, rip the thing to pieces, pull out the um the the three G bits and pieces, and then um you know plug it into whatever you like. Yeah. So we're not encouraging um, our listeners to do that, but um it is certainly an an interesting thing for the the um the hackers and real tech heads out there who um. Um, like a challenge. The, so the, the final interesting thing about the internet connection, it seems to go back through Ireland. Don't know why, but um, if you you know play around with it, all of the traffic gets routed back through Ireland. Don't know why, but there you go. Oh well, I'm trying to think of a joke, but I just <laughs> could get in so much trouble right now. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> now, New Zealand. There's some other local news. Yeah, big one about a law that's been been passed here. It's just sort of slipped in under urgency by our uh, our national government. Yep. What, what what have they done this week? So, so the, 
you go. Well, this is <laughs> this is a big one. This is yeah. big, you know, big news. It um, it's been kind of there was a thing called Section ninety two A, which was last year. It was you know big news then, and as you say, this this new thing was passed under urgency. It, it's a thing called the Copyright Infringing File Sharing Amendment Bill. Good lord, that's it's a, a bit of a bit of a bit of a mouthful, but net net um, designed to stop illegal file sharing, designed to stop people the unauthorized downloads of music and movies. The the thing that I found interesting about it was I was actually watching Parliament TV um, while the debate was happening in the in the chamber, um, and, and it's yeah it's probably um, they're probably the one time they've never had so much traffic to the Parliament website, and it, it's certainly it's the longest that I've ever watched Parliament TV. Every other time it's been for a couple of minutes. I watched it. I watched it for a few hours. Wow. Um, it was very interesting, and the most the, the the reason why it was interesting is that there were surreal levels of technical ignorance <laughs> yeah. from from uh, from people from the uh, the MPs talking about torrents and uh, and talking about things like that. Yeah, no, no, no understanding of of right. They obviously did a lot of consultation with you know the IT community. They went out and spoke to people, made sure they fully understood it before they went in. And but no, the and it was interesting. I was on Twitter at the time, and you know I follow almost three thousand people. And when that debate was happening in the chamber, that was the only thing that I was seeing in my Twitter in my Twitter feed was just Mm. everyone talking Mm. about that. the the you know there was a great MP there Gareth Hughes from the Greens and the Greens were the only people that did it that that uh, that didn't vote for it and a couple of independents um, Chris Carter and um, Honey Harawira but basically it passed and what it means is that people can get their internet connections chopped off if the copyright holders in the US make a notification to their internet provider. And, and allege that they have been downloading copyrighted material. Now the key there is alleged. So, for instance, if I if if I was a copyright holder in the US and I allege that Skip has suddenly downloaded something he shouldn't, Skip will get his internet connection. If it's after three strikes, Skip will lose his internet connection. He then has to go to the expense of proving that he didn't do that. That's an interesting. It's a little bit more complicated than that, though, isn't no, it? To get, to get cut off, you've still got. A, there's still a, a process to go through. It doesn't automatically that's, happen. That's right. With this I mean, one. And that's the change from the previous bill that they were looking at doing last year. But you like, have to go correct. to the expense of actually proving you didn't that's, have to do it, which is. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but that your point, Brad, that does switch things on its head in terms of yeah. the, mm. the the the. Um, the burden of the burden of proof, proof to prove that you're innocent is is actually on you. Or the company, because it can actually be taken to a small business as well if their ISP is basically yeah. going think through about time. Think about a school, think about a business, think about things like that. A library? I, I do wonder how long it'll be before an MP actually gets their internet connection at home chopped off because one of their kids was, was downloading stuff. So one or of the, because somebody's alleged it, and alleged it. and you know that you know somebody's decided to say, well, we're gonna we're gonna make a bit of a point here. Now, one of the MPs tweeted that they had just downloaded a song that was off, that was that was, that was Melissa, Melissa Melissa Lee, Lee. The, the Korean MP. Yeah, from she National. said she, and she downloaded it from a Korean site, and someone tweeted back saying, "I hope that was a legal version. Did you buy it?" And she went back. She came back with some weird answer, and they weren't quite sure that she could have actually already broken the law if when it was um, just come into place. Mm. So it's look. It, I, I mean, yeah, it's for, not going to solve the problem. No, I don't think it does. And I think you know there there are different schools of thought on what's an appropriate way to act online, and 
you know how how to deal with copyrighted material and so on but um you know the way this has been been handled doesn't seem like the um you know a a, a fear um outcome now if you want to have a really good laugh and you're having a slow day at work go to youtube search on this uh, on nz internet bill i think it's under and a few quite a few people have now made a parody clips of the parliamentary um sort of two-hour session into about five minutes yeah and it is absolutely hilarious to watch the ignorance of some of the people there it is just brilliant great <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll put. We're never going to get we'll funding put, from New Zealand on air now. This is gone. We, we will put that up on the um, on the NZ Tech Podcast site too, so oh, you good. can um, you can find it much easier. All right, now um, we're going to cut across right now to our new correspondent mm. in Australia. Welcome, Ken Green. How are you there, Ken? I'm good, guys. How are things back home? Going very well here in New Zealand. But I hear there's some interesting news in Australia this week with the banks. What's going on? Well, this happened last Thursday. National Australia Bank had a massive computer glitch that was uh, reported in the papers about to stuff up everybody's uh, salaries. Basically, they lost their money in the system. Uh, NAB has now got the sort of the nickname NAB which is pretty much how they've been doing, you know, handling people's money, just sort of nabbing off with it. Um, people have been joking around sort of saying it's the computer glitch saver account that nobody wants. I guess in a way it's kind of helping people save their money by losing their money in the system so they can't spend it. But you know, it's annoyed so many people. Well, this, this must really be leading to a situation where people want to change their banks because this happened last year as well, didn't it? And it's got to really mess up people's automatic payments, mortgage payments, all, all sorts of things, any high purchases and so on where they've got AP set up, it's going to be a real mess, right? Absolutely, mate. The, the overdrawn uh, fees are going to be left, right and centre. People are going to be late or are late on their payments now. And um, NAB, I don't know how they're going to fix it. People will be bailing out of that bank. And, you know, it's the National Australia Bank. This is the... The equivalent, probably, you know, of the ASB or ANZ or, or something. It's a huge bank over here, and uh, people are just be bailing out left, right, and centre. Now, it wasn't just something they tried to fix on Thursday. Even up till last night, they were still grappling with these embarrassing computer meltdown issues, and uh, just. Lots of people, just no salary since Thursday. And, I mean, I think they may be back on their feet, like, just today. But, mate, people are just so upset. They're just so mad. I guess on the bright side, there's no ATM fees because no one's got any money to take out of their account. So maybe they're going to save money that way. Um, I, I don't know. Basically, NAB, I guess, are so secure, not even you can get to your own money. So, mate, it has been a nightmare. Oh, that's, that's, that's a really crazy situation. And, you know, I recall from last time, they didn't seem to give a good explanation of what had actually happened in their, uh, you know, with their data, why they were, um, you know, not able to track these transactions until later. It's being called this big computer glitch, but, you know, really they, sh they should have, uh, they should have attended to it first time around. I imagine they're going to be losing thousands and thousands of customers who are just fed up and will be moving elsewhere. I mean, this has got to cost the bank millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Oh, mate, it's going to be huge, and people will not trust this bank at all. Basically, like you say, yeah, this is round two with these computer glitches. Seriously, somebody get them an IT company that's decent. Is it, it just needs help massively. You know, these guys did not fix the problem. Unfortunately, Control-Alt-Delete is not an answer for these huge computer glitches. So these guys, they are in deep poo, really, with this. Well, great to chat to uh, to Ken. And he's off to, um, he'll be in London next week reporting on the Royal Wedding. So if he can find some tech news in London, <laughs> then, outside um, our scope. then, uh, then we'll, we'll certainly be, uh, be talking to him about what's happening over there. But uh, right now, the app of the week Ooh, yeah. section. Now, we didn't do this last week, so we're definitely going to cover off a few this week. What have we got first up? So Windows Phone 7 app, which I'm using at the moment, Shazam. Now, Shazam is a cross-platform one. It's across the Android and iPhone devices, as I've been told, and and BlackBerry. Basically available on everything. It is an awesome app. Yeah, so one of the cool things, what this does is it actually listens to the music that you're listening to, brings up the song, and inside Windows Phone 7 will then bring up the album that you can either purchase or if you've got a Zoom pass, or you can listen to online inside the marketplace. But it also gives you all the information from just listening to the lyrics. So you you can be listening to the radio and you think, oh, I'd love to get that yep. track, or wondering what is what it, is any of that sort of stuff. Yep. You just start the app, and what does it do? It, it captures a bit of the audio and yep. it sends listens, it off. Yeah, listens, yeah, listens, listens for a couple of seconds. It's, yep. They've basically got a big database of a fingerprint of a whole lot of different millions, song, songs, millions mm. of songs. And um, you know, I've demoed that to a few people that aren't, you know, aren't computer people. And even though it's been available for two or three years, mm, it's, it's the one thing that blows people away. It's just holding yeah. your phone up to the speaker and five seconds later you've got the name of the song. And the integration to the marketplace, then you can actually see yeah. all the albums. And look, my six-year-old loves it. like you said, it's cool. Yeah, mm. he just he, he holds it up, listens, whether it's Lady Gaga or Justin Bieber, whatever he's listening to at the moment. And <laughs> is this what you're listening to? <laughs> and he, is, and he's my, wondering what it is. He's going, Dad, this is so bad. What is, oh gosh, it's... Justin Bieber. Bieber fever. <laughs> no, but it's a, look, it's a very cool app, and if you if you are into music and you do have that, oh, I wish I knew what that song was moment, this will solve your problems. Excellent. That's cool. And there was, uh, well, I, that, that sort of covers it across platform, but there was one other one that uh, you wanted to mention, Nathan. Oh, so, yeah, the, the, my app that I love this week is a Foursquare client for Windows Phone 7. It's called Fourth and Mere. Fourth as in the number 4TH and Mere. Um, what is Foursquare, quickly, for the... So it's a geolocation application. You basically check in. It uses your GPS. You, you check in. You earn credits, badges, awards, mayorships. Um, I will be mayor one day. You know, you can post that information on, on, on Twitter and for, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff. So go, go have a look on foursquare.com to sign up for an account. The, the reason why this fourth and mayor application is so nice is it, is it uses all of the metro UI inside Phone 7, so it looks like a proper Phone 7 app in terms of pivoting and searching and things like that. Um, it's got a lot more features than the actual the native Foursquare application that's in the marketplace. It's only, it's only been available maybe two or three weeks. Yeah, I've, I've been using it over the Foursquare one, and it's definitely, it does definitely seem, a step up. It does up. seem to be more reliable. The, yeah. the Foursquare one, I find that I have to go and you know, I have to start it, then exit, then go back into it to make it work, whereas Fourth and Mare, I find it, it just works perfectly every yeah. every time. No, that's good. Interesting tidbit. All Windows 7 OSs will have an O as the, at the end for a code name. I just suddenly thought about that while you're talking about Metro. 
Metro, Mango, Nodo. They're all going to have O at the end mm. of the... I remember hearing that the other day. Sorry, interesting little tidbit there. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. But <laughs> Thank you for that, Brad. That's all right. All right, well, um, I think that's us through all of the topics for this week. So until next week, thanks very much for listening in. And uh, we'll see you then. See you, everyone. Thank you. Bye.